but I didn't mm. know where it would go. And now a year and a half later, they're going to this volcano, which is the tomb of a dead god, to get some crazy artifacts to go into the demon realm to fight some demon lords and then beat the evil empire. I didn't know any of that was coming. So for me, that's <laughs> that's what I like best about role-playing games is that it's it's unscripted. You can do anything and you just don't know where it's going to go. If you say the real life ends up your days and you don't have time to play, well, midlife is the best time to start a new role-playing phase. My name is Che Webster, and this is Roleplay Rescue. Hello, rescuers! This episode, we are joined by a legendary figure within the online actual play scene and one of the most enthusiastic gamers I know. The focus is another game with which I have limited familiarity, the Pathfinder RPG from Paizo. But we couldn't have a better and more honest guest to talk about that game. I'm going to keep this episode focused on the interview. I'm going to see if I can get a call-in show very, very soon to catch up on all the wonderful call-ins that have been coming in. But in the meantime, this is Season 6, Episode 10, Talking Pathfinder with Joe Richter. Rescue! Joe Richter is perhaps best known for the Wheel or Woe podcast, the world's first unfiltered real play Pathfinder 2nd Edition playtest homebrew campaign played around a real table of friends. He's also the creator of the Hindsightless podcast and a regular caller to this show. Joe lives someplace windy and rainy up in America, I'm told, and he's prone to swearing. So this might make this interview the first ever roleplay rescue to carry a warning notice. We will see. Welcome to the show, Joe, and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Shay. I really appreciate it, and I will do my best to keep it clean. <laughs> ah, that's cool. Um, I'm just so glad to have it. How are you surviving in, um, in pandemic land? Just grinding through, man, just like everybody else, one day at a time, you know, uh, doing grocery shopping stuff, doing a lot of game prep, even though I don't have my home game anymore. So that's kind of a bummer, but just kind of doing, reading a bunch of games and just that kind of stuff, man. Yeah, cool. I had a serious victory today. I managed to get a lettuce. So that was exciting. <laughs> I am very <laughs> impressed. I am very, very impressed. <laughs> All right. So anyway, I'll, let's get into the show and stop yeah, talking let's about do it. You know, depressing things. Right. Um, okay, so... What I want to focus on today is the Pathfinder game system. I understand that you've been playing quite a bit of that. Before we I get have. into that, though, let's have a little bit of a chat about how you got started with role-playing games. So, you know, come on, tell us a little about you. Absolutely. So I got started back in the mid-'80s. Uh, I started, my first few games were with AD&D, probably, probably second edition. Played that only a few times and switched right away over to Merp and Rollmaster. 
and then right. spent most of my time with Merp and Rollmaster, and then some uh, a little bit of Cyberpunk 2020, a little bit of Marvel Superheroes, a little Top Secret SI thrown in there. And then, like so many people <clears throat> on, you know, in the gaming community, I fell out of gaming for a long time, got back into it probably about, I'd say about 10 years ago now at this point, nine, 10 years ago. And I was looking for a game and I was just kind of surfing the internet, seeing if there were any games around me. And I found a group that was playing a game called Pathfinder and I never heard of it before. And yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I'll go. And so I went in there. And I said, hey, guys, can I join your game? They said, yeah, come back next week with a 13th level character. Have fun. By the way, pay attention to feats. Peace out. <laughs> and so I, I went home and never having heard of the system before, had to make a 13th level character. And that was my introduction to Pathfinder, my reintroduction to the whole gaming hobby. And it was awesome. Yeah. I can imagine 13 levels takes a while to sort out. Especially with Pathfinder. <laughs> there, is a lot. there is a lot there. Okay, cool. So, um, I mean, obviously you've been playing Pathfinder for a while. So, um, you played a lot of it. You told us how you got involved. Um, what do you think makes it a, a game that you stuck with? So, for me, I loved all the options. I love that. I could make my character exactly, exactly how I wanted it to be. And granted, that means there's going to be a lot of fiddly bits in there. But the beautiful thing about Pathfinder and the thing that's kept me playing and running it for so long is the amazing SRD website, uh, d20pfsrd.com. They don't sponsor me or anything like that. It's a totally free, 100% free website that has 99.9% .9 of everything ever put out by Pathfinder. And if you know about Pathfinder, that's a ton, a ton of stuff. And everything is right. hyperlinked. It's all super organized. You could play Pathfinder from 1 to 20th level for free and play it for years for free. And I just think that's... I think it's amazing. Cool. Okay. And then, um, am I right in saying you've been involved with the second edition as well, the playtest of that, and then through to its release? Totally, totally. So we, like, I live in Seattle, and that's where Paizo is. That's also where Wizards of the Coast is. But we actually, my group, we actually had a buddy of ours who was doing some writing for Paizo, and he actually kicked us the playtest book a week or so early. So we started, yeah, we started playing it. We've gone through all the changes. We've been running a campaign using the playtest. I mean, now it's the official version. But yeah, ever since it came out. So for almost two years now, we've been running with Pathfinder 2nd Edition. And it's been a really, really interesting journey. All right, and for those who are new coming back to the to the hobby, because that's what we're all about over here in this yeah. show. First, I guess we better not assume anyone knows anything, probably like you back when you started, you know. So uh, tell us uh, the basics about Pathfinder. What are the kind of main things that would perhaps just signal people what we're talking about? Totally. So it, it, it's a D20 system. It's based off of uh, Dungeons & Dragons 3.5. It was a response to 4th edition. Mm -hmm. uh, a company that used to write for Wizards of the Coast for D&D &D decided they didn't like the direction of 4th edition, so they came up with their own game 
based on the open gaming license, which was called Pathfinder. So it's a D20 system. You roll a D20, you add an attribute uh, or a skill, and you're trying to beat a certain difficulty class, a certain DC. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, so it's D20, roll high. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much what people would be familiar with with the current edition of Dungeons and Dragons in yes. in that basic sense. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so how's it different to fifth edition then? I mean, uh, the sh- well, so it's got feats, right? It's all right. about building your character and taking these uh, separate feats, and they are all chained together. So different options at each level that a character gets you get to choose some different things and with pathfinder there's a million of them there are so many feats that cover the gambit of just from combat to general from social interactions to exploration they cover the whole gambit and so because pathfinder first edition was out for 10 years before a new edition came out there is a ton of what people call bloat what other people call options. Yeah. Uh, whereas with something like 5th edition, as far as official release 5th edition stuff goes, there aren't that many choices. Now, if you throw in all the stuff from DMs Guild and third party, there's there's just as many options for 5e as there is for Pathfinder. My impression is that like 5th edition has you know, your character class and you kind of get to customize it a teeny bit. You have to customize it a teeny bit more at third, and then you're kind of on a pathway through to 20th level, and you mm-hmm. kind of get in a package, aren't you? You get, you know, if I take a fighter character or something, and I kind of decide that third level is going to be this particular direction, and that's kind of the way it goes. So what I'm hearing is that Pathfinder allows you to, at every level, you know, really drill in and decide what choices you want to make. Yeah, to make meaningful choices for the direction that your character is going to go in. You get to do that at every at every level. Yeah. yeah when I played third edition, uh, yeah, in third edition, or well, 3.5 edition, really, and I played a teeny bit of Pathfinder when it first got released, so I know a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. When I played third and a half, um, I can remember friends sitting down at a table and plotting out their choices, you know, over multiple levels. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very much that kind of game, right? So you would you would sit down and go, oh, right, okay, you know, at third level, I'm going to take this feat, and at fourth level, mm-hmm. I'm going to take this one, and fifth level. And it's that kind of um, thing. And, of course, as you go through a campaign, you end up updating that and changing that and shifting those dynamics yeah. around, right? Yeah, yeah okay, exactly. cool. So what is it then that would make it a good game for people to get into? Cause obviously you came back cold, you know, 13th level right. character and you were in there. So that worked. What do you think? Why? So for me, I, I like that kind of stuff, right? I like the crunch of it. Uh, I always have coming from Merp and Rollmaster. Those are both very mechanically driven games. There's a lot going on there. Uh, and mm. I've always liked that. And I mean, my top recommendation for Pathfinder for a new person coming into it would be what I mentioned before is the the website that it's you could literally play this Pathfinder forever for free. Mm-hmm. Everything you would ever need is online for free in a very easy to get like so your listeners probably don't know some of them do but I am blind I have some vision, like most blind people, but for the most part, I use uh, magnification and screen readers and stuff. Mm. And 
with physical books, that obviously doesn't work. And so just how just how well organized the Pathfinder website is to find everything you need. Just, I mean, it, it sold me from the first time I looked at it. Right. I and mean, I didn't never knew about this. So we're going to have to stick that link in the show notes. You know, I bought, I bought a book um, and, you know, I had a stack of them and then I sold them because, well, there's a big stack of them and we won't play yeah. them anymore, Yeah, uh, which I'll probably regret, but there we go. But what you're saying is you can hop online and you just grab all that stuff. And, you know, 99% of it is there. I can't think of any, I mean, I'm sure there are some later books that came out for Pathfinder that haven't been updated yet, but I mean, there are hundreds, if not thousands of feats. There are dozens of classes and prestige classes and character races to choose from. It's, it's crazy. It's amazing. I love it. So just talk me through then a little bit about if I was going to start playing this and I'm going to get my first level character, you know, What's familiar there and what makes Pathfinder maybe slightly different? So it's got all the it's got all the standard classes and races, you know, humans, elves, dwarves, fighter, cleric, paladin, rogue. It's got all of that stuff. So all of that is very familiar. Mm -hmm. The you're still your stats are still, you know, between three and 18 for the most part. The modifiers for stats are the same as they are in, say, 5th edition or 3.5 Dungeons and Dragons. So the character creation process in general is will be very familiar to anyone who's played, you know, one of the more modern versions of D&D. Where it where it differentiates is is the the options, like what you get at each level and what you can choose from at each level that is just exponentially bigger than in fifth edition uh but the website just makes it so easy (laughs) to figure all that stuff out another major difference is the numbers and the fifth edition has flattened out the math as they say so You know, at higher levels, monsters are, you know, they might have a 24 AC, an armor class of 24, whereas in Pathfinder, that same monster will have an armor class of like 45. Uh, Yeah, so you're, you're adding a lot bigger numbers all the time. Like I am putting together a 20th level one shot right now for Pathfinder, and it's, it's insane. You know, monsters get like plus 35 to hit. Uh, you know, their armor class is, like I said, 45 or something. It's, it's crazy. Spells do in the range of like 200 points of damage. It's, it's gnarly when it gets really high levels, you're start you're adding crazy numbers. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah. It, it's okay. really fun if you like that stuff. Yeah. You know, okay. So we're going to talk about this, haven't we? Cause you know, we both interact with a lot of uh, players, you know, game masters and what have you, fellow podcasters now, I say, you know, they like yeah. their so-called lighter games in that right. OSR community that you and I apparently are part of, but don't feel part of. Um, right. We both said this, right? Um, but, you know, so why, like me, you know, we both have this thing, we like the so-called heavier games. What is it for you? I think you've alluded a little bit, but, you know, let's be really clear. Why? It keeps the game fresh for me. So, you know, like I, I, I've played uh, I've played the Black Hack, for instance, a few times. I've ran a few sessions of it. And I feel like I've seen everything the system has to offer. It's a great system, 
but I feel yeah. like I've seen everything the system has to offer. Pathfinder, the system keeps stays fresh because you're never going to go through all of those options. So there's yeah. always something new to do character-wise. And I'm not talking about role-playing your character. I'm talking about mechanically building a character. And for me, that keeps it fresh. That keeps me more involved in the game like it just gives me something else to think about a little bit yeah it's uh, a kind of a the mechanical challenge that 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 is a key part of this right yeah yeah like it's um, that it's like a puzzle um mm. you're you're building a puzzle like putting together all these pieces to make a whole that's greater than the sum of its parts so that's fairly clear. So what we're saying is, or you're saying is, you know, we like those options. You like all of that. Well, people call crunch. I hate that. But there you go. Um, right. You love all of that. Okay. The next accusation that I usually have thrown at me about playing something like 3.5, it's the same with 3.5 and Pathfinder get lumped mm -hmm. into this category. Okay. Yeah. Of that. It's just too complicated. And, you know, therefore, like your game is just going to be bogged down and slow and, you know, and, and all of that. What do you say? I mean, what what do you say? I, I I figured this out just building a thirteenth level character from scratch. Kids play it, you know, like that too complicated thing. I don't know. It, it's fair. It is. It's complex, but that doesn't mean it's complicated. Yeah, um, yeah I just I, I I I don't know. Like it's there's a lot to it. Like that's all there is to say. If someone was tuning in to Wheel Away and they're listening to your sessions, and apart from like obviously it'd have to be over eighteen and all the rest of it, yes. um, but, but if but if they were tuning in, would they be hearing you know um, a dungeon crawl with lots of fights? No, they would okay. not be. Tell us a they little bit about the adventures you've had playing Pathfinder. You know, maybe give us a flavor of that then. So, because I I think that might help people understand what you, what you're talking about. We've been running it now for almost two years. We started at first level, and we're actually using the, the new second edition of Pathfinder, yep. which we can talk about a little bit later, but it's more or less the same. And it was set in this big city, so they were having a bunch of city adventures and city interactions, and then there's an evil empire, uh, and there's a bunch of demons and stuff happening. Um, and so there, I, we have whole episodes where we go without combat like mm. on a semi-regular basis we're getting later in the game now so combat th there's more of them you know the stakes are getting higher now mm -hmm. but for a long time we'd have yeah just whole sessions where there is no combat and mm. it the combat's there and it's you know it's complex and deep you don't have to have a combat in your game if you don't want to yeah, um, I've, you know, I've kind of heard this thing that, you know, people tend towards combat with Pathfinder and similar games simply because that's kind of where all the um, the feats lead you. You know what I mean? It's where all of the, the, the crunch is. Um, so if you want to, like, play with all those options, then surely you're just going to have to get into fights and that's what it's going to lead to. Is that true? <laughs> there are as many non-combat feats as there are combat feats. You can build a totally mechanically strong, but only in like social interaction characters mm -hmm. without 
without a problem. That would be effective in a long running campaign. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't think that's, it, it makes sense because it's fun sometimes, but uh, yeah, you don't, it, it doesn't have to go to combat. It's, it's no more combat dependent than any other role-playing system out there. And I guess we're going to flip it the other way. I mean, Paizo are also, you know, often criticized or praised, depending on your point of view, for inventing the sort of adventure path thing, you know, those, and that, that whole um, episodic sort of series of uh, mini campaigns and adventures and things like that. So, and they're all feeding Pathfinder, right? Right. Yeah. Well, originally they, Paizo wrote their first few for third edition. Uh, they were a company that was writing adventures and I think they were running Dragon Magazine at that point. Something mm. that could be totally wrong. But they were tied with Wizards of the Coast before they decided to split it off. But yeah, like they do get criticism for the adventure path thing. But now you look at 5th edition, who's totally crushed Pathfinder again. Because for a while, before 5th mm. edition came out, Pathfinder was number one. Uh, it had surpassed Dungeons and Dragons and then fifth edition came out and totally beat down Pathfinder again. Uh, <laughs> but 5e, they're doing that now, you know, they're just putting out these big hardback, um, adventures. They're not putting out like the mm. little TSR mini adventures. So it's just kind of what gaming in general is doing like the big boys at least. Mm, I guess it's one of those things what we're trying to credit here, I suppose, and say is that you know, Pathfinder has had a huge influence on the hobby, you know, coming from uh, that period running up to sort of 2014, isn't it? So probably a good five to ten years, something like that of good, certainly good five years, I think, where fourth edition was floundering around and, you know, right. and people were having some people love that game and some people really don't. And it was the Pathfinder crowd that sort of tended not to. Uh, and they, that, that took off, you know, um, I think, I guess it's an important thing to remember, you know, it's easy to forget, isn't it? And as the years roll by and all those thousands of games get released. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they were, uh, they, they were a big, important company for a while. Paizo was. There are like, you're telling me there are thousands of feats out on this, you know, this amazing website and all of these mm -hmm. things. There's, I understand that there's multiple bestiaries and you know, oh, just yeah. absolute material. Where do you start? Come on, talk us, you know, just actually, I mean, is it a 13th level character or is there a better place to, to begin? I would start with a first level character. I mean, that's, that's just standard advice. Like if, if I was introducing someone to Pathfinder Start them off at first level and just, you know, you just build on everything. Um, I, I, I just really don't think it's that complicated. I think if you sat down and made a first level character, you'd be like, oh, this is a lot like Dungeons and Dragons. I, I understand this. Yeah, I'm going to be rolling. Well, I'm going to be rolling dice. If I remember correctly, it's 46. Drop the lower, uh, drop the lowest and add those mm -hmm. in your stats and all right. that. I seem to remember there being a points by system as well. There uh, maybe is. I'm, there is. Yeah, yeah. So all those things that people will be familiar with if they're playing D&D, &D, um, as you said, you're just going to be going into that first level character, give me some new choices. So, okay, let's try and tease that out then. Okay. Um, from memory, it's skills and feats. So yep. tell me a little bit about the skills. i got a first level character. Okay. I've rolled my stats. Maybe right. just do a fighter. Let's talk about a fighter. I've got yeah. a fighter. What, okay. what am I going to be doing next? 
So if, if we're talking about skills, each class gets a certain amount of skills per level. So a fighter, just going off the top of my head, they get two skill ranks plus their intelligence modifier worth of skills per level. So say mm-hmm. your fighter has a 12 intelligence, so he has a plus one modifier, three each level to put into a selection of skills um, that are listed. There's a list of skills that everyone can put points in. And then each class has certain specific skills that they then get a further bonus in called mm-hmm. class skills. Yeah. So you would just, you take your three points and be like, okay, I want to be good at stealth. I want to be good at perception and I want to be good at knowledge history. And okay. so boom, 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 you put, you, you know, put in your skill points and then depending on the skill, you'd add a certain stat modifier. Like for stealth, you'd add your dex modifier, your dexterity modifier. Uh, and then off you go. Okay. That doesn't sound too painful. No. Feats. <laughs> yeah. Feats are, feats are a little bit different. Um, so the way I would start with feats is think what your fighter wants to be good at. Do you want to be really good at swinging a certain weapon? Do you want to be really good at, you know, using your shield? Do you want to be very good at leading other people? So kind of think of a basic concept that you want and then hop on the website and start. Uh, they have what are called the feet filters. So you can go on the website and just kind of type in words and different feats that match that description will pop up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so you can, you can find the thing that you really want uh, to be good at and yeah, and do it. Okay. Is there anything else that we would be then choosing for that point, apart from like buying equipment and that kind of stuff, which is pretty standard for a role-playing game, anything else at that level to worry about? So a first level fighter, uh, so they would actually get a bonus feat. So they get a extra feat more than the regular first level character. So you'd have to pick two feats um, yeah. and then your skills and yeah, equipment. That's it for a first level character. You know, you'd have to fill out like what your saving throws are and that sort of information. But as far as choices go, that those are your choices at first level. You're picking a couple feats, picking a couple skills buying equipment there you go all right doesn't sound too bad (laughs) yeah it's really not it's really not it takes some time like for my 20th level game i'm giving everyone about two weeks to make a character because it'll take some (laughs) it'll take some time at 20th level that's i'm not gonna lie about that uh but they're gonna be able to do some crazy stuff man and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun and I guess what you're doing, if you're learning a play, you're starting at that first level. It's like any role-playing game, isn't it? You're going to pick yeah. up the system knowledge as you go, right? You're just going to yeah. you get a second level, you pick some new stuff, and you learn something new, and so on and so on, right? Exactly. And just like uh, just like 5th Edition has Adventure League, Pathfinder has Pathfinder Society. So mm-hmm. if it is a game that somebody out there wants to get into and they don't know anyone who else that wants to play you can go online and look up where your local pathfinder society games are being held and go there okay and that it's, sounds it's cool. organized it's yeah it's organized play put together by paizo and people in the community and, and it's, it's a good place to go if you're looking to play pathfinder and you don't know anybody 
All right, then. So we can get Pathfinder totally free online and we oh. can monkey about on a website, and that's just awesome. And then there's Pathfinder 2. Tell us a little bit about that, then. What's been going on in the last couple of years? All right. So, yeah, like, I've, I really like, there are a lot of the system for Pathfinder 2, I really enjoy. So, in the first edition of Pathfinder, there are a lot of different actions that a character can take you can take a standard on your turn you can take a standard action a move action a swift action a free action and immediate there's a bunch of little Mm -hmm. bits right but what pathfinder 2 did they said no no we're getting rid of every all of that every character can do three things on their turn you can take three actions and everything is just Mm. either everything now either takes one two or three actions so you look at what you want to do. Okay, mm. I want to swing my sword. That's one action. I want to cast a spell. This spell is two actions. This one is three. This one is one. Uh, and so to me, that makes... I thought that was really cool at first that everyone just gets three actions. But it's... it's sometimes I find myself forgetting about the third action. <laughs> I, do, I do it a lot. <laughs> I do it a lot when we're playing. I'm like, okay, so who's still got a third one? I was like, made it this far without it um so that's been interesting getting used to the three action mechanic and they've they've streamlined some stuff and i do like what they did with the system i just don't like the book i don't like the book i don't (laughs) think it's put together well i don't think it's laid out very well at all and that makes me sad And, um, I mean, are they supportive of, um, you know, like online stuff as well? Has it been like easy for you to access with, uh, e-readers and things like that? Not necessarily. No, it's kind of a pain. Uh, they don't, <laughs> because it, because it is still new, they don't have the Pathfinder 2 SRD. The website isn't yeah. complete. There's not much stuff on it and it's mm. not nearly put together as well as the other one, but obviously that one's mm. been around for a long time but yeah it's it's just it's harder for me um to prep for my games for pathfinder 2 than it is for uh pathfinder 1 for instance it's just it's just harder the book it's laid out in a really weird manner that doesn't make it intuitive to find stuff even on the pdf it's yeah it's been kind of a kind of a hassle are you telling us that you might secretly just be going back to Pathfinder? <laughs> so I've promised my players and everyone listening that we will absolutely finish this campaign that we're currently running with Pathfinder 2. We will do that. Uh, yeah. Paizo's been great to us. They've given us free books. Uh, they you know, retweeted some of our tweets and stuff. Like They've been really yeah. supportive, and I appreciate that. Uh, but once this campaign is over, I don't know that we're going to go back to playing Pathfinder 2. Mm. We might, we might, but I, I sort of doubt it. So is it really, is it just really as simple as it's the layout and the way the book's presented that's been the biggest problem? It's not so much the game itself, it's just accessing it. For me, it's, that's literally all it is. I think the mm. game itself is fine. Yeah. Uh, like I've heard some of the diehard Pathfinder people like, oh, there's just not as many options. And to me, that <laughs> argument doesn't make any sense because it's only been out for like two years as opposed to 12. So, yeah, yeah the system itself for Pathfinder 2, I think is I think it's perfectly adequate. It's it streamlines 
Pathfinder, uh, yet there's still more options than a game like Fifth Edition. So mm. it kind of try it tries to walk that middle ground. Yeah, for people like you and I, uh, there's still a ton of options. And then for people who want a you know a more streamlined rules light whatever that means sort of game, they tried to go a little bit more towards that way. Mm-hmm. Okay, because yeah, I, I picked up a copy of Pathfinder to tail in the last book. year. You know, yeah, <laughs> huge, um, and I got kind of excited starting to reading it. You know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. like you, I think, very drawn into you know some of the detail. I could see how I can customize my character, um, but I can't quite put my finger on why I didn't finish reading it or run it ever. Probably a million reasons, you know. But um, I don't know. Maybe I, actually, I don't know the book is just full color and quite uh intense actually it's um, but i mean it's over 600 pages long too mm. yeah <laughs> i remember now i remember i remember podcasting about this of because i'd had the impression that it was a 600 page book that included kind of everything you'd need to play and then i realized there was a bestiary so i have this 600 page book mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. not got any monsters so then mm-hmm. i was holy you know holy crap um that's all you know and then i get this other bestiary that is what is it something like three to four hundred pages maybe more yeah 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 and i was like whoa so Mm -hmm. you know that was kind of intense um and there's a game mastery guide as well which i haven't seen i was kind of thinking what's possibly in there Um, i have but yeah 600 page rule book right um yeah maybe it's that intimidating yeah it is and like the table of contents is no help. I don't want to get into why I don't like the book, but it just doesn't <laughs> help the reader. It does. The book doesn't help the reader at all. You have to put in a ton of work to find stuff in it. And yeah. that just makes it hard to get into it. I think. All right. Let's try and let's try and steer back to a positive. Um, so we're talking about Pathfinder and there's Pathfinder two mm-hmm. there as well. If you want to like delve the 600 pages, let's just come back. If you're the kind of player who likes, you said earlier, if you're the kind of person who wants to customize your character and have what you implied, I don't know if you said it, but you implied that sort of total control over what your character can do. This may well be a game for you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. At 100%. If you want to, yeah. If you want to get down to the nitty gritty and really, really dial in your character just how you want it, uh, Pathfinder is right there. It's up at the top. How's it do with multiple magic systems? Has it got different options for that kind of thing? Uh, not, not really. It's 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 the typical Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> fancy and magic. It, yeah. it really that and that's one of the things I've liked so much about playing all these other systems lately is the different way that other games do magic because the fancy and magic system you cast a spell you forget it, it it's you know it gets kind of boring yeah. after a while and is Pathfinder sort of where we had the origin of the sorcerer as it is now in sort of fifth edition that kind of stuff yeah came out of fifth, yeah. 3.5 and three I think right right. And now the way like that 5e runs their wizards and stuff, they're a lot like the Pathfinder Sorcerer, uh, which I found really interesting that they went that route. So I thought it'd be really good just to talk about 
and it's partly in relation to the game and the system that you're doing, but basically just to talk about actually role-playing games. Yeah. Um, so, f- so for you, because I think, again, it's a, a different perspective as well. Um, you're coming from, you know, you've got your your own circumstances, uh, then your experience with this sort of crunchier game and this kind of much more detailed approach to gaming. I'm kind of thinking, for you, what's the value of role-playing games? That's the first question. For me, so I usually, lately I run a lot more than I play, but I, I won't, you know, there's no real difference there. For me, I think I love getting together with my friends. I love exploring a story because we we deal like our games are almost always more narrative more you know uh, like epic stories than they are like a series of disparate adventures so I, I really like getting in and seeing where these characters go because I didn't have an adventure a story set up when we started our podcast for example i had Mm. a city location where they were starting i presented them with uh, a situation to kick off the whole thing but i didn't Mm. know where it would go and now a year and a half later they're going to this volcano which is the tomb of a dead god to get some crazy artifacts to go into the demon realm to fight some demon lords and then beat the evil empire i didn't know any of that was coming so for me that's <laughs> that's what i like best about role-playing games is that it's it's unscripted you can do anything and you just don't know where it's gonna go and it's about digging into characters for you so this is the this connects again with the game and what you're looking for right so those guys I presume they knew that they were going to go to the city and they were starting in a city. Right. And I'm guessing that you create those characters and then from those characters has emerged this story. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Is that, yeah. yeah. And, um, I, I, and what I'm getting, I'm picking up here, tell me if I'm wrong, but is that as they created those characters and those characters are completely unique, you know, because they are able to be customized and designed in the way they are using Pathfinder that you're able then to sort of really run with that. Is that, oh, totally. is that like, sounding familiar? Yeah, uh, one of the guys, Woody, in my group, he plays a character named Sabooks, who's a sorcerer, and his sorceress magic comes from demons. He took the demon bloodline at character creation because it sounded cool and it had some cool abilities. And so that's where a lot of this demon stuff has come into now because it's like, yeah, you get your powers from demons. Demons aren't cool, man. (laughs) They're not nice. (laughs) And they're going to want to mess with you. And so that's been really fun. Like the paladin character uh, dealing with that whole aspect of what it is to be a paladin. uh, That's been really fun. We have an alchemist, which is one of the newer classes. And it's been fun seeing how the alchemist just works in general and exploring mm. that some and yeah for me that's that's what i love is taking just getting all these little bits together from everyone involved in the game mixing them all up and from that creating this thing that's just it's i i just love it man i just love playing role-playing games 
Now I can hear. I'm. I'm. I'm not going to name them. We have mutual friends who are probably right now screaming at the microphone, going, "Yeah, but you can do all that without all the rules, right?" Yeah. You know, right. I could just imagine all that, right? So, what would you say? I would say exactly. That's the point. You can do all that without the rules, but the rules help keep the game fresh. Like they add more to it. Uh, it's right. just that extra little spice. It's like, yeah, you can cook without adding a bunch of uh, herbs and spices, but why would you? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I'm getting That's with not people a fair right analogy. Now. That's not a fair analogy, but that well, that would be my response. That it it adds it adds to the game as a whole. Well, I'm playing with a bunch of games now. Who you know, we're playing like I don't know OSE, right? I'm playing in right. Dolmenwood playtesting for Gavin Norman right now, and um, it's fun. Um, now, a fellow players, you know, one of my players today was dead happy with that, really loving that. That's his favorite game. You know, not it's not too complicated. He'll say, you know, it's all nice and straightforward, and I can you can roll up a character, and you know, it's all really cool. Um, yeah. What's he missing? What does he not get? Uh, you know, I guess that's what I'm saying. And we're not having a go at those people. What I'm saying is, you know, if you're playing that lighter game, what do you feel that's missing when you come to that? So what? I don't think he's missing anything. You know, everyone has their own taste, their own preference. <laughs> uh, I'm not trying to say crunchier games are better. It's a, it's a personal thing. For me, I need the game to be there because I can sit around and tell a story with my friends just at all like at a certain point mm. with really rules like games you might as well just be doing that but i i like there to be a puzzle i like puzzles um mm. and to me i like figuring out the puzzle of pathfinder i i find a lot of joy in that it's fun for me to be able to build really awesome characters and do you have to do that as GM with the you know monster side as well? Um, I mean, we talked about the vestry, so I presume they're pretty complete. Um, they're, but do you get to customize and play with that, or you can? But honestly, I don't because there are thousands and thousands of monsters available. <laughs> that like I I just don't I don't need to. I can click on the SRD. Everything's right there. If they have spells, I'm like, oh, I wonder what that spell does. Click on it tells me what the spell does perfect cool <laughs> i mean and this is just 100 percent free man all all the classes all the races all the monsters all the spells all the magic items all that stuff is for free cool right yeah. okay back to grass tax you've been out of the hobby you went out of the hobby for a while yes. so we yes. we both you know we both know what the question is going to be then what advice have you got for that person who's sitting here thinking about returning to role-playing games what I did, and so when I got back into gaming, it was before the actual play boom broke. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't actual plays, but what there was a lot of uh, were people talking about gaming. And I consumed a ton of videos. It was before I was listening to podcasts. Um, a ton of videos on just people talking about gaming because... I, I had started missing it, you know? It had been so long, almost three decades. And I was like, ah, oh, man, I really, want, I really want to play again, but I don't know anything about it. So I started watching videos. And that would be my advice, is just kind of like consume some 
peripheral information related to gaming before you get back into it. Just have some basis for what to do. And there's so much great content out there these days. Like I, we, people say it all the time, but we're absolutely living in the golden age of role-playing games. There's just a plethora of amazing podcasts to listen to yours included. Like it's, it's, it's awesome right now to be getting into gaming. That's kind words. And yeah, we can hear some really good sweary gaming uh, with wheel or woe, right? So. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you we guys swear. You guys, yeah, we drinking while yeah. you're playing. Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, how go. complicated can it be? I'm getting in some sessions. I'm wasted. <laughs> and I'm still running the games, so it can't be that complicated. I know that there are also guys out there who you know they kind of got involved. They're they're thinking at the end, maybe they're playing a bit. Um, do you get why people sort of hold back? Do you do you under do you, do you have any thoughts on that or how to break on, through that on gaming in general mm. or Pathfinder specifically? Well, either and both. <laughs> Pathfinder specifically, absolutely, I understand why people don't want to get involved with it. I hundred percent understand it. I get it. I just personally, I I like all those options, but I could see where the analysis paralysis might kick in for a lot of people. And so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And for gaming, it, it's just hard to interact with people, especially strangers. I hate interacting with strangers, man. Uh, it took <laughs> all of my strength and determination to walk into that game store and ask these strangers if I could play with them. Like mm. that I was, I was sweating uh it was it was a mess man uh i had called down to the game store by my house and they said oh this group that comes in they actually have an open spot so i i had an idea going into it that i might get in but i still didn't mm. know it was nerve-wracking but it was i mean it, it it's changed my entire life it literally changed my life getting back mm. in the game yeah. I, I don't want I don't want to bang on so much about like our podcast community but you know we talked about that extended anchor community um, mm -hmm. which is now sort of branched out a little bit further as well but you know there I found that it's that community that has actually really reinvigorated my own hobby you know I'd been gaming for the last well I got back into it seriously in 99 so you're talking like 20 years now yeah. of solid play and i had a few years out while i was at uni and then you know before that sort of a good 10 or 15 years but it's that community online in the last sort of 18 months two years for me that's actually in, in, enlivened it all and i guess that's the thing it helps i i guess it helps with finding people finding kindred spirits people are interested in what you're into that kind of stuff is that yeah. sounding familiar yeah totally i mean and that's it, that it's that sense of community that role playing games offer that I I love so much, but it it takes a while sometimes to find the right group. Like especially if you're just getting into the hobby and you join a group and it doesn't work out. I really hope that people don't get discouraged by that because you mm -hmm. will find the right people out there. You will find the right group. It it took me years to put together the group I have now. Uh, and they're really good friends of mine, but there's been countless people that have come and gone from my gaming circles that didn't work out. So I just hope that if there are folks out there who have gone to like, 
you know, an adventurer's league night or something. And they didn't, they didn't like the people they were playing with. I hope that doesn't turn them off for good because there are some really amazing people out here playing games. And now is the great time to, to find, to find those people. Yeah, I mean, I think it's actually there's a lot of stereotypes about gamers and how that's quite quite monocultural. But I actually think that's a myth. You know, I think my experience is it's a very diverse community. You know, and um, it's about sort of just accepting, uh, you know, the people around you as you meet them and and figuring out who you feel the biggest kinship with. I guess right, um, right. So, ooh, sorry, my wife just kept it in the background. Fantastic. I'm sorry, I didn't realize more video. <laughs> <laughs> genius I'm, I'm gonna leave that in that's great right joe um <laughs> okay so coming up on an hour um come on tell what do you want to talk about what what are people what do we need to cover that we haven't spoken about for, from your point of view i man i don't know we've we've kind of gone over a bunch of stuff i just i want people to you know not be scared off by pathfinder a lot of folks out there will tell you it's too complicated, that it's scary, that you shouldn't bother. I'm here to say that it's not, that you should. Check it out. It's free. That's my main point. It's free. You can play a free game <laughs> that has a million things in it. It's so cool. I've just like now that I'm planning, because it's been it's been over two years since I played Pathfinder One and I'm I'm planning this this 20th level one shot and I've been having more fun planning a session than I've had in a long time. It's been so much fun. Just looking through the bestiaries, finding monsters like, Ooh, this is a bad boy. This one's gnarly. (laughs) Like that's been so much fun. Um, and the, the website just makes it incredibly easy. You talked about being a player for a while. And then the fact you've been a GM now for a good couple Mm -hmm. of years, what do you prefer? I think GMing. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Uh, yeah, I, I really do. I, I want to play in my ultimate campaign, and until then, I think I'll just Dungeon Master. So what is it about you know, taking, taking that step? We've talked about stepping into playing. Right. What, why, what, what's the magic of GMing for you? Let's, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. So... The reason I got into it was necessity. Our DM had decided he just wasn't going to run games anymore. So somebody had to. So I stepped in. And I did it some as a kid, too. Uh, But for me, the juice is when you get that emotion out of your players. Like when they respond to something that you put in front of them with joy or surprise or melancholy it's that that i that's my juice you know um we had this whole thing in my campaign where there was this one bad guy who was actually this other bad guy but the name the names were anagrams of each other basically i scrambled up the letters of the names and when they put that together in like during the session it was so cool and like one of my crowning game mastering moments like it was awesome they were all just stunned and surprised and so stoked that they had figured it out and that that's what i love that's what i love about gaming about running in particular 
It sounds to me like you like puzzles run through everything for you, whether it's the rules and mechanisms of the game itself, or whether it's the things that you're putting in front of your players. You know that that's the magic, isn't it? Where that bringing those pieces together. I like puzzles. I like mysteries. Yeah, I, I, I like that stuff. All right. And any last thoughts? Uh, this has been amazing, Shay. Thank you so much. You're doing awesome work, dude, to get folks back in the hobby. Uh, I, I think your your Dungeon Master Diaries are fantastic, man. Like, yeah, you're just doing good stuff. Well, thank you. I'm... Yeah. I'm going to be all embarrassed now in British. Good, good. <laughs> but uh, no, it's cool, Jeff. You know, I think the thing is, thanks for coming on as well, because I think coming and talking to people about the games that you love, I mean, there's nothing easier than that in some ways. Right. But I think there's nothing more precious than that as well, because, you know, I'm not playing Pathfinder right now. I have it a bit in the past. Uh, maybe it's not my magic juice, but it's definitely yeah. yours. And I feel like if somebody out there is curious gives that a go and sort of finds that that's their juice then we did our job right right absolutely absolutely and you know i don't want to be out here shilling for that there are a million great games out there there are go yeah. out and try a bunch of them that's that's the main thing try a bunch of games and see what see what you like joe victor thanks so much for your time brilliant thank to have you, you on. so much thank you so much this was a pleasure and uh i hope we'll talk soon game on man Game on. <laughs>